Well, this you have to see. Herschel Walker did what was probably not a good idea. He held a press conference to talk about this scandal that has surfaced as he is accused by one of the mothers of one of his children of urging her and subsequently paying for her to get an abortion, despite claiming to be completely against abortion, claiming that abortion is murder, claiming that he is against any exceptions for abortion, health, life of the mother, incest, rape, all these different things. And this one was essentially an abortion of convenience, according to the mother who said he said it wasn't the right time for him to be having a baby. He decided to hold a press conference. And I have to tell you, this is the most disastrous press conference I can remember. This is as bad as any Trump press conference. And I remember when Trump talked about injecting bleach. OK, Herschel Walker can barely speak. And so when you put him in front of reporters who are going to ask questions, it's bound to be a disaster. And it was. I don't even know where to start. Herschel Walker was asked, have you now that it has been identified that the woman making the claim about the abortion is one of the mothers of your children? That's a known number of people. Have you reached out to one of the mothers to ask them, hey, are you the one? And he says no. And the explanation is uh, seems like something out of a Dr. Seuss novel. Any of the mothers of your children? No. To ask why? Why not? Uh, why do I need to? Well, because according to the article, one the woman who says that you paid for her to have an abortion is also the mother of one of your children. It seems like that's that's an easy way to because of the article. I had more kids. Okay, he says because of the article, I had more kids. What does that mean? I don't know. An article forced him to have a child somewhere. The article impregnated someone with his DNA. What does that mean? Because of the article, I had more kids. That's why I reached out to anyone because I said no. And that's what I mean when I said no, I, I said it's not correct. That's a lie. And that's what I mean. That's a lie. But if the let woman said that, yes, she, let me go to her. Thank you. You said that if this did happen, there's nothing to be ashamed of. How do you Wait, say I never that? Said, I never you said, said that this morning on, on you. No, you what I said, I was yep. talking about. <laughs> now he, he did say that, and I'll have the clip. So, first of all, he, he's told, you said this morning in an interview, if this did happen, it's nothing to be ashamed of. He's like, I never said that. He did, and I'll play it for you in a moment. Something totally different than if it did happen. I said, when I with my ex-wife in my past, nothing to do with what this woman said. I said, this, this here, the abortion thing is false. It's a lie. And that's what I said. I said, anything happened with my ex-wife or what Christian was talking about, I don't know. Okay, so he said, I didn't say that thing this morning. And yet here he is saying that thing yesterday morning, that it would be nothing to be ashamed of if it were true. I'm saying I've been forgiven because of all the things I did when I went to my when I, the thing with my ex-wife and all that and things I did. I don't know how many years ago that I wrote in my book. I said, guys, I wasn't perfect. I had my problem with mental health. And I've been born again, but... I have a new life, and I've, I've been moving forward. And and, and and if that had happened, I would I would have said it because there's nothing to be ashamed of. There. If that had happened, I would have said it because it's nothing to be ashamed of. There he is himself saying the thing, and not exactly sounding like a guy who has his story straight. That's for damn sure. And this is one of the worst candidates, not just this election cycle. This is one of the worst Senate candidates I have ever seen. Quite frankly, he should be dropping out of the race 
but he might win. I mean, the voters in Georgia are coming up with so many post hoc rationalizations for this. He might actually win. We'll take a look at what polling looks like after the weekend. Here's another moment from this disastrous press conference. He's told, hey, the lieutenant governor said the only reason you're even in this thing is because people know you from football. And he's like, what's the, what's that guy doing now? And they're like, well, he's the lieutenant governor and he doesn't seem to get it. Herschel, the lieutenant governor, Jeff Duncan, went on TV, I think last night and had some very critical words of you saying that the Republican Party was in disarray. Yeah. I think his direct quote, paraphrasing it, was the only reason he's a Republican nominee is because he scored a lot of touchdowns for the University of Georgia. Now, who was it you said went did that? Jeff Duncan. Oh, what lieutenant is he doing now? Lieutenant governor. <laughs> What's that guy doing? Is, is the lieutenant governor? He's like, you know, but what is he doing? No, what is he doing? Now? He's a he does work for who? Don't you go on some TV show all the time. Not, no, no, don't you go on a TV and talk a lot? He's still no, no, don't you go on TV and talk a lot? Right now, you know, people like that. Do I listen to? You know, people told me I couldn't play football. Listen, the lieutenant—that's true. The lieutenant, as far as I know, the lieutenant governor has absolutely no no touchdowns to his name. That's uh, that that's absolutely true. Um. What's your reaction to people so close to you saying you were dishonest, like his own son? Here's his answer to that. What's your reaction to people so close to you? Your son, a mother of your of someone who says that she's the mother of your kids, saying that you're lying. What's your reaction to people so close to you saying don't trust you? Well, just like what I just said, the Democrat is desperate for this. Seat this <laughs> the Democrats. Oh God! His son Christian Walker is a devout MAGA Republican. This has nothing to do with Democrats. It's it's a. I've never seen anything like this. Who who advised him to do this? Important. They did, they're, they're very desperate for this seat. I love my family. I always love my family. I'm going to win this race. I know I'm going to win this race. Dear God, what an absolute and total disaster. Um, I am hopeful that by Monday or Tuesday, whenever we get the latest polling on this race, I'm hopeful that um, this will be essentially over. Now, if we look at the polling again, we're we're still waiting on new data. We only have two polls right now that include any polling after the start of this scandal. And most of these polls were still before the scandal, but it represents about a four point swing in the direction of Raphael Warnock. Um, as you can see, sort of before this entire thing scandaled, uh, the, this this scandal before the scandal started, um, you had them roughly tied. And Warnock has jumped out to a roughly four point lead. And you see the, the red line there is Walker. If you're looking along with me, Walker's polling declining. Ninety five percent of the polling here is before the scandal. So Monday, Tuesday, after the long weekend, hopefully we will have some new data in which it looks much, much worse for Herschel Walker. And again, in a normal country, in a normal planet, uh, in a normal universe, a galaxy, whatever, this guy would have no shot. But this is not a normal situation. There's a new report out which finds that young women are trending liberal and that young men are not trending more liberal. The Hill has a piece. Forty four percent of young women counted themselves liberal in 2021 compared to 25 percent of young men, according to Gallup. The gender gap is the largest recorded in 24 years of polling. The finding culminates years of rising liberalism among women ages 18 to 29 with no increase in their male peers. The article notes, quote, several societal forces have conspired to push young women to the left, 
including the Me Too movement, former President Trump, rising LGBTQ identification, and most recently, abortion policy. Slow cooking trends in marital status and educational attainment have also nudged the needle. There's another aspect to this. All of that is true. There is a ton of nonsense about masculinity out there that I believe is impacting the number of men willing to say that they are on the left. Now, I think some of them are on the left, but are unwilling to say it. But that's difficult to actually prove so we can even keep it outside of this discussion. That's just an opinion that I hold. Um, and it's it's based merely on anecdotes. I think there are some much like for a time when, when you know, lots, lots of times you hear there's more gay people now than ever. Well, are, are there more gay people or is it that gay folks on average are more open to saying that that's how they identify? Whereas in the past, they were not for different societal pressures. I think right now there is a societal pressure, particularly among without a doubt, the right wing and even among uh, the center where men have been convinced that there is a lack of masculinity in progressive beliefs, that there is a lack of masculinity in to some degree empathy. Uh, you look at you look at silly little things like the electric vehicle thing. We recently talked about Marjorie Taylor Greene suggesting that Pete Buttigieg's support of electric vehicles is somehow um, feminine, that that it's emasculating to for a man to drive an electric vehicle. And of course, there it was homophobic. Pete Buttigieg is gay. And it was all mixed up with this homophobia that is um, just a, a, a big thing for Marjorie Taylor Greene. Um, you know, think also Pete Buttigieg. Being an involved dad when Pete Buttigieg and his husband um, had uh, twins, Pete Buttigieg took paternity leave and he was widely ridiculed by the right. Lauren Bobert even saying, what is he chest feeding? That's a quote. Is he chest feeding? And again, the idea that gay man paternity leave. Well, it must be somehow feminine. Well, he's just being a good dad. That's all it is. Um, and so I, I believe that that's a factor as well. And sadly, some of these sort of guru type figures that are predominantly appealing to those on the right, um, although Jordan Peterson appeals to many on the left as well, I'll, I'll be totally upfront about that, although it may not be explicit from Jordan Peterson, he puts together a pretty clearly defined kind of archetype for masculinity that doesn't really include the types of empathetic, sensitive, progressive beliefs and perspectives that, um, quite frankly, have nothing to do with masculinity. So I think there's a lot going on here, and it is not surprising that we see in terms of overt identification, young women identifying more to the left but not young men. Now, then there's that other X factor, and it's are some of these young men actually progressive, but they don't say it because of that very same societal pressure. And I don't know the answer to that. I, someone who knows more about research methods might be able to say, well, here's how you could study where there is a sort of reticent progressivism among some young men. Let me know your thoughts. I don't think this is particularly good. I'm passing some kind of a, a moral evaluation of it. I don't think it's a particularly good thing for society. Let me know your thoughts. Find me on Twitter at D Pacman. And uh, if we get some interesting feedback, we'll do a follow up.
One of our sponsors today is Blue Chew, a unique online service delivering the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis in a chewable form and at a fraction of the cost. And they're giving my audience an entire month's supply for free. So if you think you could benefit from an extra boost of confidence, all you have to do is take a short quiz on their website. A licensed doctor approves your prescription. The medication comes straight to your home within days in a discreet package. No driving around to the doctor's office or the pharmacy. No waiting around. No awkward conversations with your doctor. All of Blue Chew's tablets are made in the USA. The entire process is just a few clicks. Go to BlueChew.com. The link is in the podcast notes, and they'll give you an entire month's supply for free when you use promo code PACMAN. That's P-A-K-M-A-N. All you do is pay $5 for shipping. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. NerdWallet's trusted financial journalists use fact-based reporting for some much-needed clarity in the finance world, helping you to make smarter decisions with your money. The nerds have helped me get smarter about things like managing finances with a partner without conflict, making a balanced budget, boosting your credit score, saving more money for retirement, all sorts of really useful topics. Most people in the audience know I'm a big financial literacy advocate. I can tell you NerdWallet does a fantastic job here. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. The David Pakman Show is, of course, a viewer and listener funded program. We do the bonus show every single day. We have a commercial free audio and video stream of the show for our members. And the way you get it all, get it all and get it quickly and cheaply, just the way uh, people love by signing up at joinpacman.com. You can use the coupon code Obama, O-B-A-M-N-A. That's Mike Nancy, M-N-A, to get a sizable discount, a a discount nobody should sneeze at. Joinpacman.com is the place. Let's hear from the most important people in the world for The David Pakman Show. It is our audience. We take calls occasionally via discord. You can find our discord at davidpackmancom slash discord. And we're going to start today with a very important person, Mr. Rogers in Atlanta, Georgia. Mr. Rogers, welcome. What's on your mind today? Hey, uh, Dave, welcome to my neighborhood. Um, just wanted to ask, um, I'm having difficulty, I, I guess you'd say, uh, reaching out to members, of, uh, what would you say across the aisle about the Herschel Walker and, uh, Warnock campaign. Okay. Um, I have a lot of neighbors that just want to vote for, vote for Herschel because he was a damn good dog. And, uh, I mean, as a native Georgian, I understand that and I get that, but I'm like, try to talk to these guys about how, you know, he's definitely not a good, uh, representation of what it means to be a Georgian or Southern Belle these days. And so let me help me understand that. And this is interesting because you're you're talking to these folks. Herschel Walker is completely unable to explain his position on even a single issue. How do these people that like him do? Do they not even care what his positions are? Do they pretend like they understand what his positions are? What how do they explain his incoherence? Um, I mean, I try to say like, you know, I appreciate his time in football, but his CTE just 
not what we need. Yeah. Um, when it comes to his positions, um, they say, you know, it doesn't matter. You know, he's just <laughs> Republican. He's just going to vote Republican. I'm like, y'all, y'all worried about the uh, uh, Warnock being a, a Biden boy. And I'm like, he's going to, as soon as uh, Walker gets there, he's just going to be, uh, I don't know, Moscow Mitch suburban. He's not going to do anything for Georgia. He's just going to be told to vote and how to vote. Yeah. I mean, it's all obvious whenever you, 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 uh, you see his, um, what do you call it, news conferences that Walker is about as coach as you can get on some of his background kind of yeah and and still incoherent have you heard from any folks about their reaction now to the whole abortion scandal do do they care about this story or are they calling it fake news or they don't care um i have one guy i talked to on a regular he says it's fake news oh he just doesn't believe it uh another guy says you know he says it's taken to court so we'll see how the dollars fly okay at least you're willing to listen to the court but uh, I'll oh, be honest, man. it's kind of a fresh story, and I haven't had much time to uh, talk to neighbors. That's really depressing. Story, yeah. Let, let me ask you this. Are some of these folks who support Walker, are they otherwise normal, moderately intelligent people? Or are there people who, if you probed their beliefs on just about everything, are a little bit wacky? Um, I'd say it's a mix of both because, okay. uh, you know, you, you'd go down to the, the bar for, uh, a football game during commercials. You talk to these people who will talk normal stuff, but then all of a sudden, but yeah, it, it can get a little odd sometimes, but yeah, I'll be honest. It seems like most of the time Georgia fans just want to vote for Herschel because he was a damn good dog. Okay. And what, what, what do you, what do you mean a damn good dog? Oh, uh, I'm sorry, David. The the college football thing down here in the southeast United States. Um, damn good dog is a Georgia saying for any good, uh, particularly good football player. Oh, okay. Uh, but I, uh, I myself am, am a damn good dog. I'm a graduate uh, of uh, University of Georgia myself. But uh, you get the damn good dog, uh, I guess, title if you really show how just how good you are. All right. So, Very good. Is that a bike chain I hear in the background? Yeah, I apologize for that. My windows are open. It's a nice day today. So is that genuine? Did I pick it? Right it, it actually is a bike chain. Yeah. Oh, wow. It's hardly going by. All right. That's a, oh, 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 I, OK. I thought it was like a bike. All right. Very good. All right. Mr. Rogers, thank you. Let's let's hope Warnock wins. You know, let's 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 hope. Indeed. Thank you. All right. Thank you very much for the call. There's Mr. Rogers in Atlanta making a number of very, very important declarations there. Remember, anybody who wants to participate, name and location as your nickname. If you have only one or the other, I will be unable to call on you. Let's go uh, next to Noah from New York. Noah from New York, welcome. Hey, David. Good to talk to you. I'm, uh, I've been watching you uh, for a while, so a little nervous, but thank you for bringing me on. Well, so and, far uh, you're doing great. Your audio's good, uh, so we're off to a good start, really. Thank you. I had to, I had to really look around in the settings, figure out how to turn off the Discord notifications. Good. Uh, anyway, though, I would say um, I got a question for you. It's just a little more of a silly question. It's not too serious because we can't really know. It's like, you know, what would you do in a zombie apocalypse type stuff, right? Um, I'm just curious. I want to kick this back and forth with you. How do you think um, what's happening if climate change is going to pan out? We're not going to clearly avoid it. We're not doing nearly enough. Uh, what do you think the end result of all this is going to be? I mean, the damage, what's 
what's going to happen, how it's going to affect our dialogue and politics moving forward. What do you it, think? It, it's so difficult to say, and we're so terrible at predicting things. So let yeah. me give you one claim that's made and then I, I and which I don't believe. And then we'll back up from it. There are some who say, listen, I don't deny that what climatologists have identified is real and it's coming. I just am confident that science and engineering is going to be able to keep up to prevent it from ever really getting that bad. OK, that's something some people say. I don't that. subscribe to that. I don't subscribe to that. However, I do think that after there is a bunch of damage done by climate change and we're already starting to see it, we see pollution deaths, we see sea level rising and certain places increasingly underwater like we're already seeing it. But I think after there is some significant damage from climate change, I think then much of the world will kick it into high gear. And yes, it'll be too little too late, but it will speed up to a degree that then we can say now we're making some progress, but it'll be after a bunch of damage is done. That that's my genuine prediction. Like once things really yeah, actually yeah. start to get bad. Worse, yeah, that's I what say. I thought too. Is that like you're not really going to see it taken seriously until you get issues with like uh, climate refugees and mass migration to a lot of you know yeah. what we call first world countries or damage there. That and the thing is, is a lot of people are going to hear our conversation, Noah, and they'll say, "But guys, that's already happening." And I don't deny that, but I'm saying it's yeah, going it to have is. to be more. It's going to have to be more. Yeah, it's going to have to be massive. Yeah. I think. Do you think you're going to see like um, almost some crackdowns on like those who have opposed or do oppose it? And uh, and generally, do you think like like I'm talking like authoritarian situation? Because I, I do wonder this, like if things get very bad and desperate, are you going to see like hardline measures taken by governments? that are going to cause like pushback and stuff. Absolutely. There are countries that already lean more authoritarian. The countries that lean more authoritarian whenever we get to this imaginary point that I'm talking about, I think you will mm -hmm. see some very hardline action by some governments. Uh, but you will have to wait and see exactly what governments, which governments those are at that time. Yeah. And how that'll go. All right. And one last thing. Um, do you think people who are like hardcore denying it are ever going to come around? Or do you think there's probably still going to be like a block that are just going to convince themselves that it's like Antifa changing the weather? Or yeah, something? there will always be people who, who believe it's ge geoengineering or something like that. All right. Listen, I Noah, before I, before I let you go, can you off the off your the top of your head, can you name four countries that start with the letter L? Um. Let's say Lithuania. Uh, yeah, man, you're putting me on the spot here. So now it's like it's like when people are asked to name a book. Yeah, they're like name any book, and they're like, oh god, which book? There's so many. I mean, <laughs> Lithuania is a good start. Lichtenstein. Yep, yep. I would have also accepted Luxembourg, Latvia, mm. and Laos. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. Yeah, that's fine. All right, Noah. Yeah. Thank you for the call. Appreciate it. Hey, you too. Take care. Okay, take care. There's Noah from New York uh, bringing up some sad but relevant and important issues, I have to say. Let's go next to Chuck from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Chuck, welcome to the program. What's on your mind today? What's going on, David? Can you hear me? I can. Uh, not really a question, just kind of uh, giving you guys an update from uh, PA here since yeah. you got the this uh, important Senate race coming up here and the gubernatorial. General. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so um, yeah, I, I live, uh, I don't actually live in Pittsburgh. I live South of Pittsburgh about an hour, but okay. it's like really the only notable thing. Uh, so that's why I put that, but uh, I live in Fayette County and it's pretty, 
pretty red here. Um, but I mean, it's just, it's pretty disgusting when I drive around, like, um, everybody's got all of these, uh, Mastriano signs in there. So it's got me a little worried. The only thing I, you guys, or you cover like the, uh, the polling. Yeah. It's looking um, pretty good right now for Shapiro. Yeah, it's looking good. So that's, that's got my hopes up. Um, I know that like when I drive around, like I said, it gets me uh, a little worried just because, you know, I live in like a red area. So that's all I see. Yeah. Um, but, uh, another thing, uh, I was at the Washington County fair, which is actually the County to the left of me. Um, and Do we say to the West, is that what you mean? Uh, yeah, to the west or left, if you were like looking on a map. But, okay, I didn't um, know if you meant like left the way you're sitting right now or something like that. Oh uh, no. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, but um, as we were leaving the fair, and again, I'm I'm not a big fair person. I just kind of went because I don't know. I haven't been in a while, okay. and uh, we were leaving, and we're we're walking back to through this like field to our car, and like the, the this family is walking out, and they got like three kids, and they're all I can't remember if they were. I think they were just waving either American flags or uh, like Doug Mastriano flags or mm. something, but their kids were chanting FJB. And it was just like <laughs> a very, very disturbing sight to see like, how like old were the kids? Oh, probably like nine. Eight. Oh my like, goodness. Yeah. It was like very cultish. Um, but I, it was pretty disgusting. And then another thing real quick is like where I live, I actually fly an American flag off my house just to kind of, Cause like, I feel like a lot of Republican, like, you know, if you're not a Trumper, if you don't support the U S or like, if you don't fly a U.S. flag, I feel like you're like looked at as like a demon. It's stigmatized Republican. Yeah. So yeah, I just yeah, fly yeah. an American flag off my house to maybe, you know, not get my house shot up or something by an angry Republican. That's not bad. I mean, you um, know, the, the Eggman who's a Jewish <laughs> progressive, but lives in upstate New York, he wears flannels and grows a big beard to try to blend in. So I understand. Yeah, I grow a beard. I don't grow a beard for that reason. Yeah. Um, I actually just enjoy a beard, but Fair. Um, it, it actually does help uh, fit in, I guess, a little it, bit. It, it certainly does. All right, my friend, thank you so much for the call. I appreciate it. Yep, no worries. All right. Uh, interesting calls today from all over the place. I'm uh, I'm I'm liking it. Uh, let's see. Where do we want to go next? How about uh, let's go to Lahav from Greensboro. Lahav, welcome to the program. Hi, David. Can you hear me? I can hear you fine. Okay, I want to play a quick fire game. We're going to play a game now, you and I? Yes. Okay. I list a politician, and I want you to say the first word you think of to describe them. Okay, let's try it. Elizabeth Warren. Oh, boy. <laughs> uh, buttoned up. <laughs> Uh, Kirsten Cinema. Confused. Pete Buttigieg. Uh, vicious. Jamal Bowman. Don't know enough about him to really comment with one word. Um, Mitt Romney. Um, timid. Um, let's see. Steve Scalise. Oh, pathetic. Um, Gretchen Whitmer. Oh, man, Gretchen Whitmer. Uh, milk toast. Um, AOC. 
compassionate. Jill Stein. Um, very nice, I guess. Jeb Bush. Um, Jeb Bush. Very nice. <laughs> How many more of these Two are there, more. by the way? Oh, I'm sorry. Did Two you more. say Jill Stein? I thought you said Jill Biden. Hold on. Jill Stein. No, Jill Stein. Uh, Cuckoo. Yeah, that's better. Okay. Tulsi Gabbard. Uh, despicable. Okay, and um, let's see here. Let let's Bernie stop. Sanders. Let's let's leave it there. I think that's good. That's a lot. I I don't know that I have too many of these left in me. Okay, thank you. All right, thank you very much for the call. Appreciate it. Uh, by the way, milk toast is M I L Q U E for everybody who now is looking that up. It's not it's not like M I L K milk like from cereal and milk. All right, everybody, let's take a very quick break, but we're still going to take calls after the break. So if you're holding to chat with me, hold on just a little longer and I will hopefully get to you quick break. One of our sponsors today is Busy Box Child. I know that there are many parents in our audience. This is for you. Busy Box Child offers really great subscription boxes for kids filled with sensory toys that will help your toddler to elementary age child stay off screens and do some really interesting stuff. Technology use by kids is at an all time high, especially after the pandemic. Playing off of screens is really critical for development, for cognitive development, social, emotional well-being for kids. It's an ideal opportunity for parents to engage with kids as well. Carolyn is the founder of Busy Box Child. She's a mom and a child clinical psychologist who designs all the boxes that you receive. Busy Box Child offers monthly sensory kits with different themes for each season or you can get a monthly sand bin subscription for hours and hours of fun. Check out their mini jars and mini kits for playtime on the go. Busy Box Child is a small business that supports The David Pakman Show. Support them. Go to busyboxchild.com and use the code Pacman for 10% off. You can find the info in the podcast notes. All right, let's hear from a few more people in our audience. We take calls weekly via Discord. You can find our Discord at davidpackman.com slash Discord. That is the place to go. Let's try Jojo from Melbourne, oh. Australia, which can sometimes go well. Sometimes Jojo's calls get a little risque. Jojo, what's on your mind today? Oh, yeah. Um, oh, Jojo. Hello. Hello. Dave? Jojo, did you have a question for me today? Oh, yeah. Can you hear me? Yeah. Yes. Oh, hi. Hi, David. Uh, I do have a question for you. Yes. Um, uh, okay. I'm going to talk about nepotism. Did you see the uh, wave of it coming? Uh, did you think it was abnormal? Um, so, obviously, first of all, there was the family that uh, took over the White House. And then there's uh, Clarence Thomas and his uh, wife. Um, this is nothing like I would have seen in my country anyway. But uh, is did you think there was a abnormal or was it just something that 
I think the nepotism in the Trump administration was particularly brazen, but not altogether surprising. Yeah, I mean, I thought it was uh, in particular, but then it just capped it off with the Judy Thomas and uh, Clarence Thomas thing, which I think, I mean, in a normal world, I would think that he would uh, resign his place in the Supreme Court. But that's just me. I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't know that the Clarence Thomas thing is necessarily nepotism. I think it's more uh, corruption, you know, and uh, yeah, I don't know that nepotism is the word I would apply, but it's certainly disgusting. That's for sure. Oh, absolutely. Well, nepotism, not not necessarily, but um, a what do you call it? Um, What is it? well, it's certainly uh, corruption, know, Jojo. Insider trading. I, I don't know. Ask you uh, this. What, what do you mean? Are you interested yeah. in a trivia question? Can I give you a trivia question? Absolutely. Can Go you name it. countries that start with the letter J? Um, countries. Uh, yeah, give me how one. Oh my God, you put me on the spot. Um, uh, can you give me another letter? <laughs> well, that's the letter I, mean, I have, Jojo. Jojo, listen, I've got a no, whole no, bunch of people no, here. No, I do no, have to move no, on. Johannesburg. No, j- 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 Johannesburg is a city. Johannesburg is a city. No, I know it is. I know. I'm oh. really good at um, geography. Please give me another letter. One. That's the please. only letter I have, Jojo. I have to let you go. I apologize. Mm. All right, Jojo, there he is. Jojo from Melbourne, Australia. Very much appreciated. Would have accepted Japan, would have accepted Jamaica and would have accepted Jordan as well. All would have been acceptable. Let's go to Shelly from Indiana. Shelly, welcome to the program. What can I do for you today? Hi, David. How are you? I'm doing well. Okay, great. Uh, So I was thinking about the governmental programs and how we have so many people that disapprove of them. And I was wondering if the left maybe took more of the approach of what the Swedens do, where they offer programs to everyone, no matter the, no matter what the income level is, that way more people would be on board with it and that it would help people. You're saying eliminate means testing and then maybe there would be less opposition to social welfare programs in the United States if everybody just got them. Right, exactly. So obviously there would be like people on the lower end would get more benefits. But if if the people that made more money felt like they were still getting something out of it, then it wouldn't be the well, I'm paying into it and I'm not getting anything from it. I totally understand the idea. I don't think it would make a big difference to many Republicans, unfortunately. I think with some it would, but I think with many it would not. Well, and the reason why why I thought that it might be a good idea is because when when they were doing the stimulus checks and there was more, you know, people on the higher end that were still getting it, you saw people that that weren't really wouldn't normally approve of those programs that were happy to get it. And so it's like, well, maybe if we expanded this where people felt like they were still getting something out of it. Yeah. I don't know. It was just a thought. It's an idea. I think it would do a little. I don't think it would make a big difference. That's my instinct. Okay. Yeah. How are things right, in well, Indiana? Things much. are okay there. You're, you're you're welcoming back Mike Pence and everything. Uh, 
I'm sure they are. I'm not sure, but uh, the weather is really good, so that's good. Yeah, good. Shelly, I appreciate the call. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much. All right. Shelly from Indiana. Always great to hear from her. Let's go to Lucas from Brazil. Brazil, of course, will have a runoff election on October 30th. And th things are quite wild there. Lucas, what's going on? Hello. Do you listen? I can hear you. So I want to ask you about a video you made two months ago about Christina Kirchner assassination attempt. Do you remember the video? I do. Well, it's kind of a hard question, let's say. Don't you think it was a bit conspiratorial, the video? Yes, I admit that in the video. <laughs> I mean, even the right wing media in Brazil, they hate Argentina. They think it's like far left or whatever. They yeah. weren't saying that. I mean, it seems like you did some... Clinton body count, but uh, Christina body count. I mean, <laughs> yeah, listen, no, I mean, I, I say in the video uh, it could absolutely be perceived that way. It, it's it's just, you know, I, I'm not pointing fingers at anyone in particular. Just the entire thing stinks to high heaven. And uh, I, I it's certainly not a unique, you know, Argentinian media have have uh, suggested it. And uh, yeah, but I, I say in the video it's conspiratorial without a doubt. I think that's a little the problem with breaking news, uh, uh, breaking news media coverage in general. You don't have all the information and so on, for example. Well, I, 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 it didn't have anything to do with it being breaking. I still have the same opinion today. I mean, and now it's, you know, it's been two months, so I don't know. But you still think that it was kind of a fake flag today or? I think it's completely plausible. This is one of the most corrupt people in the history of Argentinian politics on the cusp of very serious evidence being presented against her. And I would put nothing past her morally for sure. OK, so I guess you just uh, bite the bullet on the conspiratory stuff, I guess. I'm biting the bullet. Yep. The frogs are turning okay. gay and everything. You got okay, me. No problem. Yep. No problem. Uh, one little question about ranked choice voting. Do you think it's a good path forward or I mean, what's, do you have any take on it? Yes, I have a dozen videos about this where I including go through the different forms of it, single transferable vote and others. And generally speaking, some version of ranked choice voting is very appealing to me. I see. Uh, well, I guess that was my questions. Thank you, David. All right, Lucas, thank you. And, and who do you support in the upcoming election, by the way? Uh, in the second round, Lula, but in the first, uh, a politician named Ciro Gomez. That didn't go very well. OK, fair enough. But Lula in the second. All right. Well, we're going to be watching it closely, my friend. Good, good. Thank, okay, you. thank you. There's Lucas from Brazil with a very, very important election upcoming. Let's go to Grant from Iowa City. Grant, welcome to the program. Hey, David. Um, so I know you get a lot of criticism and stuff, obviously, from people way on the, on the right side of you. Yeah. And um, the left on the spectrum. And well, yeah, the left, too. That's what I was going to say. So for when you get criticism from people left of you, um, for me personally, I like it just gives me like a ton of anxiety. I get nervous about it because I, I am afraid of being like perceived as like this, you know, negative whatever a negative nancy uh, <laughs> yeah, is that, that a or, or just being term? Like, are we not supposed to use negative nancy anymore 
I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't know either. <laughs> like even stuff like that, I guess. Like like hearing that, I would be like, oh gosh, like you know, <laughs> I know. please don't think I'm a bad person. Um, you know, I ate an egg. So please do don't kill me. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I guess how do you kind of personally um, handle uh, you know getting criticism from people left of you who, who would say you know you're either you're a horrible person for what you believe or whatever. Because for me, just kind of naturally wanting to live at peace with like everybody, <laughs> it just like, yeah, I don't know. It, it really bends me out of shape. And well, I'm here's like, the thing. A lot of this stuff in person would not become what it is when you're leaving someone a voicemail or leaving a comment on their videos. People are just by their nature much more confrontational online. And so I see, you know, these people who attack me from the left, but we agree on like 95 percent of stuff. I don't get too bent out of shape about it, quite frankly. I don't really pay much attention to any of it. I just kind of do my thing and and try to focus on what I'm doing and learn and read as much as I can and modify my views when I feel that uh, the facts point me in a, in a new direction. And I try to screen out as much of the noise as possible, left and right. Right, right. Yeah, I'm sure that's absolutely necessary for you as well. Like, yeah. you know, having such a, a you know, a lot of uh, encounters with so many people. Um, I could not do what you do. Definitely. I'll say that much. Absolutely. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, I was just wondering, and, uh, has it gotten easier for you? Like as you get older too, um, just like, is it easier to screen out the negative noise? Absolutely. Um, and not take things so seriously. Absolutely. Without a doubt. Yeah. No okay. doubt about it. I mean, at the beginning it was like one negative comment, which was by the way, we only would get one comment a day and it was like a really big deal, but yeah, it definitely becomes easier. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, I'm just curious because it's like I'm thinking like I'm way behind on this stuff because um, I'm almost 26 now and I'm like, I feel like I get bent out of shape as if I'm a seven year old or something. <laughs> yeah, but, um, I mean, I think part of it is one of the things is really understanding that for a lot of these people that are so willing and eager to criticize others, they probably don't feel that great about themselves. And often attacks on others are more a reflection of the attackers, either low self-esteem or trials or tribulations. And once I started thinking that, like, wow, this person must really have some horrible stuff going on to be spending an hour on the Internet, leaving me a hundred negative comments. I, I kind of feel bad for them more than anything else. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Um, yeah, sorry, my question wasn't a political one or whatever. But no, that's OK. Like, you, do you want a trivia question before you go? Oh, gosh, uh, you can try. I'm going to totally botch it because I'm quite nervous. But OK, here we can go for it, I guess. What, what is the typical name for a dried plum when you buy it as a dried fruit? What do they call a dried plum? Um, a prune? You're absolutely correct. OK, holy You're absolutely cow. correct. You did it. <laughs> I don't know why that made me so nervous. <laughs> All right, my friend, thank you for the call. I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, David. All right. Take care. Uh, there's Grant from Iowa City. Really excellent, excellent execution there on the um, on the trivia trivia question that could have gone bad. It could have gone very bad. And thankfully, it did not. Let's go to Samer from Metro somewhere. I can't see it's met. Where are you calling from, Samer? Samir left. OK, Samir apparently did not want to be on. That's uh, that's interesting. Let's go to instead Garrett from Chicago. Garrett, welcome to the program. Hello, Mr. David, the Pac-Man, sir. Uh, welcome. Thank you. Um, I, my question is about um, uh, like the popularity of candidates uh, when affecting other people that are running in the same election. 
Uh, I worded that poorly. Okay. Uh, just to give you an example, uh, in Georgia, the, uh, Brian Kemp is currently leading six or seven points in most of the polls. Okay. Uh, and he's a Republican, obviously, whereas uh, Warnock is currently up anywhere from three to five. Um, what I saw is Warnock is up 1.3. 1. 1.3. 1. 3. Okay. Yeah. Well, um, the mo- I'm, I'm just, I have 538 pulled up the most recent polls, but yeah. Um, so, uh, my question is, will the, will the popularity of Warnock or the un of Warnock or Kemp affect the, uh, do you think it'll affect the turnout of the other side? Like, do you think Kemp's popularity will improve, uh, Walker's chances or do you think Warnock's chance or Warnock's popularity will improve Stacey Abrams chances? Oh, I that is so specific. I have no idea. Listen, turnout in midterms, predicting turnout in midterms is very fraught and difficult. And every election cycle is, oh, turnout's going to win it for this person or that person. And it's so difficult to predict. And your question is even more specific, which is whatever base level of turnout is to be expected. Will one candidate's popularity buoy or sink another candidate? I just have no idea. I think all we can do right now, we're a month out. Uh, It's basically four and a half weeks or something until the election, roughly, um, is make sure you're registered, make sure you know where to vote and make sure to vote. That's it. And I think all of these calculations, they're interesting questions. We're going to know in retrospect only once we get exit poll data. I don't know. We we've just really got to make sure not to lose any of these winnable races. Okay. Uh, thank you very much, Mr. David, the Pac-Man, sir. Do you want a trivia question before you go? Of course. What's the most expensive spice by weight? And when we say spice, we're talking about cooking. What's the Uh, most expensive spice by weight? So not the spice from Dune. No, 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 no. Um, Oh, geez, probably. uh, um, I'm going to say I can only name like three spices. I'm going to say time. No, no. Time is cheap. Oh, my God. It's almost a weed. It's almost invasive. The answer is saffron. It's saffron. Oh, yes, of course. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Very good. Thank you for the call. Thank you, sir. All right. I really appreciate everybody who called in and spoke to me. I even appreciate people who called in and didn't speak to me. The people who didn't call in, I'm not so big on you folks, but uh, no, in all seriousness, we will take calls again. We're going to take a quick break and we will be back with more show right after this. When you're busy during the day and you need a quick snack, sometimes you're just in the mood for something sweet. That's when I reach for Monk Pack. Our sponsor, Monk Pack, offers gooey granola bars that melt in your mouth, as well as nut and seed bars that are perfectly crunchy, sweet, and salty. But the best part is that each bar is plant based with only one gram of sugar, two to three net carbs, and only about 150 calories. It's great if you're doing keto or low carb, or like me, you just want to minimize your sugar intake. I can't get enough of dark chocolate cocoa. I am just a chocolate guy. It's great. But they come in other flavors, too, like sea salt, dark chocolate, caramel sea salt. They just launched peanut butter cocoa chip and dark chocolate cocoa. If you don't love Monk Pack as much as our entire team does, Monk Pack will give you your money back. 
Go try Monk Pack keto granola bars and nut and seed bars. Go to monkpack.com and use the code Pacman for 20% off. That's M U N K P A C K.com. Code Pacman saves you 20%. Use the link in the podcast notes. All right, let's get into the Friday mailbag. Info at davidpacman.com for questions, comments, concerns, suggestions, all of it. And of course, occasionally a tweet or a Facebook message or a YouTube comment might make it into this segment. We love all of it. Uh, let's start today with some criticisms, some criticisms, which I am. You know, I'm glad to issue corrections when I make mistakes. I'm glad to give a sampling of uh, comments from people that aren't thrilled with me. Uh, David wrote in and said, you were out there, dude. Trump was and maybe will be again the best thing that's happened to this country in decades. Open your eyes. Your radio cast must be funded by the demo rats. No, the demo rats and the demon rats and the Democrats, none of them fund the show. George Soros doesn't fund the show. Whoever else you imagine is funding the show doesn't fund the show. The show is funded mostly by our audience and then by a few advertisers. That's that's kind of what it is. Um, the uh, I guess all I can say is congratulations for using the correct your the f- correct form of your. All right. So David is waiting around for the return of Trump almost uh, in like a weird messianic way. It's very, very interesting. Next criticism is from Don. Don wrote in and said, you are a freaking idiot. Take your liberal Marxist socialistic garbage somewhere else. It's idiots like you that are destroying this country. The oligarchies are bringing this. That's oligarchy apostrophe S are bringing this country down. And should they succeed, you won't mean crap to them. Then let's see how you will put food on your table, pay your mortgage and charge your defunct grid system car. You don't know crap and are just as stupid as the rest of your Democratic constituents. Well, a really strong condemnation uh, by Don of a political ideology that I don't hold. Uh, I'm not a Marxist or a socialist, but maybe go find a Marxist or a socialist and criticize them. I don't know. It's always weird. They they seem confused. Uh, Matt wrote in about interviews with the so-called radical left. Matt says, David, sir, just listen to your explanation of how right wing candidates may or may not end up on your show for interviews. And it made me wonder if there are any left wing candidates that you might consider radical or unreasonable in some of their views. And if you'd be interested in interviewing them, perhaps there aren't any. And it is purely a disease of the Republican Party. I wouldn't be surprised, but I'd be interested in your take either way. Yeah, I mean, listen, there are extreme leftists. The, The difference is The extreme leftists don't ever seem to win their Democratic primaries. And one of the things we do on this show, because we can't turn the show into the, you know, ninth congressional district show where we interview everybody running for the Democratic nomination and everybody running for the Republican nomination. We tend to wait until after primaries to do these interviews as a practical matter. And the Republicans will often vote for the wackiest in the primary. And so that's who I end up interviewing. Democrats rarely vote for the super wacky extreme left winger. Um, And so by the time they get to me, there's been a sorting already. And much the same way that Trump would never have won the Democratic primary in 2016, a lot of the so-called radical left that Matt is referring to in his email 
don't pass that first filter. And that's why they don't end up on the show. But I have no opposition in principle to speaking to anybody. Uh, Robert wrote in. This is very interesting. And this relates to Roe v. Wade and abortion and other things we've been talking about. Robert says, big fan of the show. Appreciate your rational approach to controversial subjects. Wanted to write to you about abortion. People are unfortunately but legally making end of life decisions all the time. When an individual's higher brain function ceases, the family can opt to have life support suspended. This is generally rationalized by the collective understanding that once higher brain functions have ended, the person is already gone. If people have accepted and this is the wrong accepted. So the the right word here is ACC. This is the but let's imagine we understand what Robert is saying. If people have accepted that this is the way things are, then why can't the opposite be true? If your life ends when your higher brain function stops, then why would your beginning of life be before your higher brain function begins? My understanding is that dreaming is supposed to begin in the third trimester. If I'm not mistaken, this should signify the beginnings of thought and the brains need to process them. So there's a couple issues here. First of all, Robert is completely correct. And there's actually another aspect to this, which is. Quote, other people make decisions about end of life all the time as you're talking about in situations where people's brain function has stopped or in in lots of different situations, including hospice type situations. Why couldn't the same decisions be made when a fetus has no brain function and isn't going to? So in these most extreme cases where Republicans want women carrying nonviable fetuses to term, why is it okay to make those decisions for others later and not earlier, aside from the personhood question? But there's kind of a bigger issue here which is you're never going to convince the right on abortion with arguments like this because they will say, well, we don't care about brain function. We care about heartbeat. And that's where the heartbeat bills come from. And then you'd say, well, okay, but what about this? And they'll say, now we believe life begins at conception and it's an endless loop. And so while these types of questions that Robert brings up are super interesting and they're accurate and they're relevant. That's not going to convince the most ardent anti-choicers on the right. Sadly, I wish we could talk sense with them, but unfortunately we can't. Sean wrote in about my interview with that Republican candidate, Allison Hayden, who's running against our friend Eric Swalwell. And Sean says to David or whomever, whomever, I enjoy all of David's interviews. I find them fascinating and informative. But I think my favorite type of interview is when David speaks to Republicans who seem to be confused by facts versus their opinion. Needless to say, I was glued to your discussion with Allison Hayden. As per the usual, I think David did a great job, but there's one question I would love to hear him ask of these people. If Trump would have won the presidency, would they still be making such a big deal out of the legitimacy and security of our elections? Guys, we all know the answer to that. Of course they wouldn't. If Trump had won the electoral vote or the electoral vote and the popular vote, They would be doing what they did in 2016, which is saying sort of like there was some fraud. And my real victory was even bigger, but they would not be filing 60, 70 court complaints. Of course, they wouldn't be doing any of those things. Don't believe for a second that this is some kind of moral fight for them. It's just about their guy lost. That's all they care about. Daniel wrote in about my Republican guests and says, David, after hearing your interview yesterday, with the Northern California Republican candidate, that was Allison Hayden. And after hearing several other recent videos, uh, interviews, I have an honest inquiry as to whether you seek out the worst Republican candidates to interview or if you're just shooting fish in a barrel. Do you specifically target the crazies or are you just giving us a sampling of what the Republican Party has generally become? 
Love you're taking them to task, though, and trying desperately to make them think about the word salad they're spewing. So last week we had a voicemail asking a similar question. My colleague John has been heading up these interviews. He has interviewed, I want to say, close to 50 different Republican candidates. Some of them don't even respond. Some of them do, but then they find out about how interviews are conducted here and that real questions will be asked. And then they say, I'm not interested or they stop responding. Some will agree to come on. And then once we schedule it, we'll never hear from them again. Some confirm the interview literally hours before it's scheduled, and then they just never show up on Skype and we never hear from them again. We cast a wide net. Some of them are less crazy, like that guy, Johnny Teague, I interviewed. I still disagree with him about just about everything, but he was less overtly bonkers and and less cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. But we are casting a wide net. We're not targeting the whack jobs, but a lot of them are really wacky. And it's just a representation of who's running in that party right now. Um, I, the zombie player, wrote in and said, David, you should sit back and think about why right wingers around the world are performing better than ever. People are very angry at their politicians. Yeah, it's I think the implication here is the left has done so terribly that globally and really they mean like Western Europe and to some degree the Americas voters are going to right wingers. What's going on is that parties on both sides anecdotally have failed voters in lots of parts of the world. But the real change has been the echo chambers created by social media and modern media, which allow really stupid, quite frankly, ideas primarily on the non science right to get repetition that they wouldn't otherwise get. We've talked before. If Nixon had had Fox News and Facebook, it's not clear Nixon would have actually ended up resigning. And it's possible he would have been impeached by the House and maybe not convicted by the Senate if senators at the time had seen support in social media the way there was support for Trump during the impeachment trials that he had. So I do think that a lot of this is thanks to disinformation, uh, faux populist messages or maybe actual populist messages, which don't really lead to any substantive policy, have also kind of infected the political discussion. And so it's not about the left has been so bad that right wingers have won. That's it's not that at all. Uh, But there is a story there to be told, and I think it's an important one for sure. Uh, All right. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, things you want to say, write to info at davidpackman.com. Your email may be featured on an upcoming episode. And remember that the party doesn't have to end right now. You can sign up on my website, joinpackman.com, to get an extra show every day. That's the bonus show and so many more great member benefits. You can use the coupon code INDICT, I-N-D-I-C-T, to save a bundle off of the cost of a membership. We'll see you on the bonus show or otherwise back here on Monday.